What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I'm back. This is EJ Stewart. I was we were not in last week, neither can or I. Um, I was on vacation in Miami. You got to see the hurricanes down in South Beach. Um, so I'm back this week. We're back with a new edition of Sports Talk. We are going to be doing a little bit of an abbreviated version of this week's show due to our impending travel to New York City for Comic Con. Uh, we're recording the show Thursday night, so we'll be there Friday through Sunday. So this is our last bit of uh, podcasting before we embark on New York City for three days. So I'm joined by Kendall as well. Kendall, what are you looking forward to talking about uh, on this show today? Well, uh, our first topic, which I know because uh, I got a preview of what we're going to be talking about on the show. Our first topic is something that obviously I'm very, very... Uh, excited to talk about, but you'll you'll find out what that is very shortly. Um, but for Kendall's core DJ, we're gonna go back to a year, about a year ago. Um, we had a major scandal in college basketball uh, involving the feds, which is not something you ever want to hear if you're a college basketball fan. But no, not at all. Um, that story has kind of went away, but it's come back because now that. Uh, the arrests that were made last year have, again, like most people would assume, have turned into a actual an actual trial with a jury and witnesses, and hardcore evidence is being put out onto the table. So I'm going to give you some details on what's been said so far and what could eventually be unfolding for some of the people involved in that trial. That'll be our addition to Kendall's court this week. You definitely want to stick around for that. But on today's show, the start, as Kendall discussed, he's very excited today. Um, Celtics fans should all be very excited because Kyrie Irving just today um at a at a fan event at the TD Bank Garden announced TD that Garden, he, the, whatever they call right. it I don't care um, it's the fake garden the fake garden no the fake garden as far as I'm concerned uh Tyree Irving in front of the fans announced that he plans to resign with the Boston Celtics this summer and that uh he's ready to commit to them long term if the fans are willing to have him back this reporting this news name was backed up with reporting that he's had conversations with the Celtic brass about um, about his plans to commit long-term to them. So Kyrie Irving has kind of been looked at as the, one of the big fishes in this potential 2019 free agent pool. It seems like he could be taking himself out of that pool. I, I do this show looking at our brand-new Knicks flag uh, in the background. I can't help but think about what the ramifications are for the Knicks, but before – we get into any of that. What do you think of uh, this announcement made by Kyrie? It kind of came uh, a little bit as a surprise that he would announce something like this, uh, even though there had been rumors that he was leaning more towards staying in Boston. Yeah, I mean, it is it is surprising. Um, and, you know, I'm somebody as a Celtics fan that I've, I've said for a long time. I remember I'd said I made the bold statement that I would trade Kyrie Irving. Yes, you did. The way he was talking. I mean... I mean, I, I don't know how you could have interpreted the way he was acting over the all season as a guy that really wanted to come back. I mean, he flat out was like, we'll see what happens. Come back to me in a year. I'm just going to play this year out. So I was like, all right, this is a guy that clearly doesn't like being a Celtic or clearly doesn't love being in Boston and may want to seek greener pastures, uh, no pun intended. But um, now and over the last – there I've noticed and sensed a change over the last – month really in the whole preseason training camp pre-training camp kind of media 
that he's certainly been more more transparent about the the process and his mindset going into free agency and it's kind of built and led up to this moment where now he's just flat out saying yeah I plan on resigning there's nothing really else he can say to ensure people that he's going to come back beyond I mean I, this is the this is it I plan on resigning if, right. if you guys want to bring me back I'll be back um the only I guess caveat is if if he's lying and if he does if he does end up leaving <laughs> Then, I don't think he can do that. that. Yeah, that'd be one of the most villain heel turn moves in the history of sports, uh, at least in the history of basketball. So that would that seems unlikely. Uh, Kyrie is a weird individual, obviously, but I wouldn't bet on that at this point. Um, but again, he's been very transparent over the last month about this is a great situation. Why would anybody want to leave? He's been very saying the obvious things that people have been saying about the Celtics situation. Yeah, like, people were trying to say why that would he want to leave? Foolish to talk about other possibilities yeah exactly so it makes sense um there's also been the other side of the spectrum where it's from the Celtics perspective do they have to see a full year of Kyrie Irving healthy before they're willing to commit to a supermax contract Mm -hmm. knowing that you do have Terry Rozier in the as a possibility long term you do already have smart locked up long term so and you obviously you have guys like Tatum and Brown that you feel like could eventually become franchise players at some point. So that's the other side of this. But you would imagine, assuming Kyrie plays 60, 50, even plus games, that he'll get whatever contract if, he stay, if he's healthy going into next season. So, Yeah, I mean, I think that it makes sense for Kyrie to, to return to Boston. I think it's always made that's always made the most basketball sense if he wants to put himself in position to be the leader of a team that could win an, win an NBA championship. It didn't make sense to go anywhere else. Now, if there were other things he was excited about, going back home to play uh, in front of his hometown, so to speak. He's really from Orange, New Jersey. Uh, but um, but playing, you know, in the area where he grew up in New York, playing in Madison Square Garden, teaming up with a friend like Jimmy Butler, like those were the only those would have been ancillary to the idea of what's going to be the best plan for you to win championships. It always, to me remained in Boston, even if somehow the Knicks could have put together a super team. I I'd still think that his best shot might have been still in Boston. So um, this makes sense from a basketball standpoint, from his standpoint. Uh, he's always, Like you said, he's kind of a quirky guy. So while it's surprising that he would do it in this fashion, in one way it's not surprising because Kyrie is, he goes by the beat of his own drum. So he decides at a random event, I'm going to announce that I plan to return. And uh, that will probably put a lot of the questions about this season to rest for him which is good for him i think good for the celtics and we really now focus on how healthy is he going to be coming off uh, another knee surgery so that's going to be important in regards to the fallout i feel like my my feelings about Kyrie being a nick dwindled honestly when jimmy butler said he wanted to be a clipper like <laughs> right. we all kind of no one really kind of tied that to isn't him and Kyrie supposed to be tired? There was nothing about Kyrie going to the Clippers. Yeah, no, it was only there, New York. there never was anything about Kyrie ever going to Los Angeles. Definitely not for the Lakers, and there was nothing about the Clippers. So for Butler to all of a sudden come around and say, I want to be a Clipper, and that the Knicks were his second team, but like he really wasn't looking for them like that. His his destination for him was the Clippers. And then Miami. Yeah, now Miami's come into the mix. That That to me told me, Something Kyrie, changed. He he might have reached out to Kyrie Irving. Right. Kyrie something to me changed. 
Like, I, was, I wasn't surprised that the Knicks were on the list, but the fact that they weren't number one, that he was really eyeing Los Angeles, I was like, something's not right here with the whole Kyrie to the Knicks thing. So now this kind of confirms that. I think that he probably realized that Kyrie to the Knicks, when he made that request, was going to be unlikely. And as the Knicks have faded away from, like, a trade destination for Jimmy over the last two weeks, it's become more unlikely. He probably knew as he got closer that, that Kyrie was going to go back. So um, I think that is interesting, though, from Knicks' standpoint, because now, like, I don't think Nick fans should really sweat this that much, to be honest. Uh, it only means that the the road one. It only means that this is one player off the board. It doesn't mean Gene Butler still can't be a Nick for a free agency. It doesn't mean that you still can't get Kevin Durant. And we got word this week that he is seriously considering the Knicks. Chris Haynes yeah. went on undisputed and kind of broke some serious news saying that Knicks have a serious shot at luring her, luring Katie away from. Uh, Oakland because he views the Knicks the way LeBron viewed the Lakers this this, a year ago where it really has almost nothing to do with what the roster looks like or the makeup it's just New York City it's what that means to be on that roster and be on that franchise and that that apparently really does uh attract him so uh so I remember who I wouldn't freak out if I'm a Knicks fan because I think that the Knicks fans I think they've shown to be patient and willing to go through what's going to be a rebuild. Kyrie was always a kind of a, not want to say a pipe dream because it seemed it, I think it was real at one point. I, I was. I think I think I think it was real. I think Kyrie seriously was considering the Knicks, but I do think that at the end of the day, Knicks fans have always known. I think they're ever gonna really get there, unless KD comes out next year. It's gonna have to be a real full rebuild, and then they seem they seem to be going on the right track. Yeah, I mean, with Kevin Durant, we have to remember who represents Kevin Durant. That's Rock Nation Sports. Mm. Uh, and obviously, there are a lot of New York ties in that, uh, in that organization. But, look, I mean, I, obviously, I'm not nearly as plugged in as Chris Haynes. Um, I just know from from my point of view, I mean, this time last year, I, I you put the pieces together. I thought the Lakers had a real good shot at LeBron. And then going into free agency this year, I would have bet a lot of money that he's going to be a Laker. Yep. Like, I don't feel as strongly about Durant going to the Knicks. I agree. As I did about LeBron. Only LeBron's a lot more public with his business dealings. Exactly. So that's why, like, it seemed too obvious of, like, oh, Rich Paul is, you know, putting Contavious Caldwell Pope on the Lakers. and He just moved to Los yeah, Angeles. he moved, bought, like, two ago. houses in Los right. Angeles and, like, you know, he's got a movie studio. He's got to deal with Warner Brothers. And he wants to do Space Jam. And right. It was too much stuff where it was like, it's obvious. How could you do this and not be living in Los Angeles? Not be living time. in Los Angeles and he's not going to go to the Clippers. Like, with Durant, he's not nearly as public with that stuff. So, I don't have all those signs to say he's definitely going to the Knicks. Right. At the same time, again, I'm not nearly as plugged in. It might be the same feeling behind the, scene, behind the scenes of this is what people were saying in the NBA circle. This is what Durant wants. Um, I know Chris Haynes, while he is also very close with LeBron and Rich Paul and those guys, he's done also a lot of interviews with Durant, a yeah. lot of sit-downs with Durant, so he's probably plugged in with his inner circle as well. And that's what, and the last thing on this before we move on is I, one thing I did think about was something I told you maybe a couple months ago about KD's thought process. And Well, I think it is similar to LeBron that he wants New York and stuff, but I think, remember I told you that to me, KD at, at heart is a, just a hooper? Yes. Um. I think, and I kind of told you, I think we were talking about it in regards to the Knicks, that I think that if there's any guy who's going to look at this franchise and 
know its value in that regard, a star player is going to be him. Right, right, right. Kyrie, to me, was the other guy. But a lot of these other dudes, these cats that play in the NBA right now, they don't get it. And it's nothing to do with – it's not their fault. I don't even blame them. It's the Knicks' ineptitude. They don't know what that means. It's not only the Knicks' ineptitude, but I think it's the AAU culture as well of, like – I mean, one year high school basketball is, it's uh, it's not nearly what it what it once was. Is what I'll say. Um, New York street ball is not nearly as prevalent as it used to sure. be, and so the the idea of New York being the mecca of basketball in the modern in the modern AAU social media era is not nearly as prominent. Much of a thing. It's not nearly as prominent. So. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Durant played at Rucker Park. This guy is this guy is a basketball yeah, he's historian. A basketball he's a lifer. He he's a he's a gym rat, a you hooper. Know, at Kyrie Irving from the region and also kind of adopts that same type of street ball mindset that a lot of these, that he probably got from a lot of New York City point guards. So those guys would fit the bill. I mean, I don't think that Ben Simmons cares about playing. He, the only yeah. reason Ben Simmons play about care about playing in New York is. For endorsement, dude. right? Exactly. You know that's what that would be the only draw for a lot of these guys now growing up. But it had nothing to do with the Garden. You know, I remember when Kobe would come to the Garden, it was like a spectacle. Yeah. Because Kobe knew what playing the Garden meant. Same with LeBron. Same with MJ. Same with MJ. I don't think when Greek Freak comes to New York, he he's thinking about I'm playing in the Garden. Now, to be fair, he's from Greece, but I don't even think that's the same for Embiid or right. one of these those type of guys. So like. I agree a lot of it has to do with the Knicks organization, but I think there's also some things behind or outside of the Knicks that also affect the mystique of playing in New York that Durant could actually appreciate. Yeah, I think one thing for sure is that this is going to be an ongoing saga that uh, won't see an end anytime soon. What I will say real quick also, that yeah. another guy, though, that they could target besides Kyrie is Kemba Walker. That's true. He's also and in New York City. He was another guy that would appreciate playing in New York. Right yeah, now. and there's been questions about, will Charlotte... Max him out. Yeah, max him out, and it doesn't he seem that, it doesn't seem to be smart for them to them to do that. Yeah, um, it doesn't. It, losing him doesn't seem to be the greatest idea either. But what, what do you do? It's a typical. You're a terrible team, and you have a star player who isn't who isn't going to make you better. Like he he's maxed out in terms of his ability, and he's he's nothing wrong with him. He's a very good player, but unless you have a way to get other superstars, you're only going to be what you are now. So what do you do? Do you just say, all right, we're content with maybe making the playoffs every three years because he has a great year and that's it? Or do you try to rebuild? If um, you're the Knicks, you want that guy, though. Yeah, I think if Kemba's available if Dur- and, Durant, and, and if, means Durant. if Durant comes with him, I would take Kemba Walker for sure. Uh, let's go to so let's talk some baseball. So we're, we're in the postseason. So far, it's already been lit. We had a extra inning game today that ended with the, with the, Rocky, with the Milwaukee winning in walk-off fashion. We had an electric game last night in the Bronx between uh, the the Yankees and A's, in which the Yankees' home crowd I just thought was, I just thought was majestic to me. I mean, and they were like that last year, and it only makes me more excited for what we're gonna see from uh, the Bronx faithful throughout these playoffs. We had some two epic games in Chicago in in terms of the the one sixty three game against Milwaukee and the uh, wild card game against the the Rockies. Kendall, what do you what do you what has been your take so far? On some of the things we've seen in the playoffs, and uh, and do you have a do you have a World Series pick out of these teams? Uh, I mean, obviously the the playoffs have been very very intriguing. Um, one thing that's that I like about this playoff field that we've had so far is there's a lot of franchises that 
either haven't been there or haven't been or haven't been there recently or haven't been really in the championship picture in a long time. Uh, I mean, the Braves, obviously, EJ, you're an NL East Met fan, so you understand the Braves have had their struggles over the last decade. Yeah, they've been a disaster for the last five years. Um, you know, the, the Brewers uh, have struggled, again, another team over the last five years. Rockies, as me being an NL West guy, would know that the Rockies – uh, been a very up-and-down franchise over the last decade. So that's just the National League. Um, but also in the American League, the Oakland Athletics getting there. Is, you know, Billy Bean always seems to find a way to uh, pull a rabbit out of his hat. Um, I was having a debate, EJ, about somebody somebody at, uh, at, at school, and we were talking about what's a better move between Sandlot and Moneyball. That's a weird debate. It's a weird debate. But I, was just, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, it's a base, they're both baseball movies. What Do people say? think those are the two greatest baseball movies? No, right? No, no. Okay, I just want to make because uh, there's like the natural. There's a there's a bunch of other ones. Yes. Um, Bull Durham. real quick though. Uh, I would say I haven't seen Sandlot in a long time. I'm not a good person for that. I mean, I would lean. I, agree that, I would yeah. lean Moneyball because I've seen Moneyball recently, but I've not seen the Sandlot yeah. in a very long time. Sandlots. I said Moneyball. It's a very controversial opinion, apparently. But yeah, all well, the Sandlots is the like, classic. It's holy grail. Right. So yeah, if you say anything other than the Sandlot, if for any good debate, you're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be in for trouble. You're being the minority. Yeah. But um, but no, and then obviously outside of those kind of newer teams, you have the Red Sox and Yankees. Which I mean, the fact that those two teams are facing each other in the ALDS uh, seems poetic in many respects. Um, you have two teams that have been compared to each other all season. Since saying, really since Stanton signed. Yes, it's been or traded was traded, whatever they did. Who's winning the A <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That, 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 that hoodwinked that hoodwinked deal Jeter pulled. That, that, <laughs> that, that back that back that back alley deal he pulled the for the Yankees. Uh so those two teams have been compared all year long. And now we finally have we've had which team is the best team in baseball. There's been a lot of people that because Judge uh, was hurt for a lot of the year, still contested that the Yankees were on the Red Sox level, if not better. Uh, they seem to be playing excellent baseball as of late. Yeah. So even though the Red Sox have been one of the best teams we've seen in a long time over the regular season, uh, this is a, a dangerous Yankee team. So that's obviously the thing that I'm paying most attention to uh, this round. But for a World Series pick, it's tough. Um I'm gonna go Red Sox coming out of the AL, and I'm gonna go Brewers. The Brewers seem to have a certain type of magic. Mm. It's early, obviously, but um, Christian Yelich has a ton of momentum right now. He had a home run today. He did. Um, I feel like they've got some of the pitching to get by. Uh, I don't think they can. I don't think they can beat Boston. But I think they can get there, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Milwaukee and uh, Boston. Uh, I'm going I'm going Houston over Milwaukee, and Houston's gonna repeat. Uh, I know it's all about the Yankees and the Red Sox. I kind of feel like this series could be these two teams beating the hell out of each other, and then yeah. realizing, oh, we have to play another juggernaut <laughs> that everyone team has forgotten about. And that's the thing that's crazy to me is I think this Houston team, I don't know, I can't remember the last time a World Series champion that won 103 games is flying completely under the radar. 
But this is what's happening. The, yeah. the Astros have been dominant all season. Um, the only little bit of concern you could have is maybe that Altuve has battled some injuries and he's been in a little bit of a slump recently. But otherwise, they've rolled. And Garrett Cole turned out to be an excellent uh, all-season acquisition. Verlander is cementing himself back again as being one of the top stars in AL. You got that rotation. Um, and they still got the bats that they have. Uh, I, don't, I don't see why they don't go back. I think that this, these Red Sox-Yankees matchup, I think that if the Astros see the Yankees again, I think the Astros will beat them. I think if they see the, I think the Red, uh, Yankees will beat the Red Sox in this series. If the Red Sox get by, I might be a little more concerned because I think the Red Sox, their lineup top to bottom would scare me a little more against that pitching than the Yan- Yankees line is great. Both lines are incredible, but I just think there are some places where maybe some of the inexperience from these Yankee, young Yankees, your Glaber Torres, Andy, Andy, Andy Orhar, like those kind of guys um, haven't been in that kind of spotlight. So with the, I feel like the Red Sox lineup from top to bottom is just loaded, and I think that that could be more of a trouble for the Houston Astros. But I, I, w- I would lean – uh, Houston still coming out of the AL. And I got the Brewers screw. I agree. Uh, I think the Brewers are, they look to me like a team of destiny. If they, the only reason why I'm not picking to win at all is that I just, to me, if I'm picking a team to win a World Series, I need to be able to point to one starting pitcher and be like, that guy is not going to let them lose. Every It seems like every team has it. And some teams have guys that we just didn't know were like that. Sometimes you didn't, like, we didn't know what 2003 Josh Beckett was going to be like that. Maybe uh, Shasin, who pitched great. In, 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 in the elimination game against, not elimination, but the tiebreaker against right. uh, the Cubs, maybe, maybe he is that guy, you know? Uh, he's a, he's he had an excellent year. He's been a solid starter. Um, maybe they have that guy that hasn't really emerged yet. But until I see that guy, I, I can't jump out the window and say, yep, no, I'm going with uh, the Brewers to win it all. I think they'll find a way to get past the Dodgers, who I think will beat the Braves. I think the Braves are a little young, a little inexperienced. But... Um, but I, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, these players have already been great, and I can't wait to see the AL stuff get started uh, uh, tomorrow. I think it's gonna be a, a really fun playoffs. Is and and, I, and I'm excited because I you know I did a post for the hub that I don't think it's been up yet, but I did kind of like a thing of players to watch, and there's so, there's a star power I think in this postseason is is incredible, I mean, and oh, there, yeah. and there's some guys that I think we kind of forgot about, um, a Nolan Arenado. I mean, this guy. Three-time Gold Glover. The last three years, he has four years. He hasn't hit. He hasn't hit less than thirty-seven home runs and one hundred and ten RBIs every single year. Hit two eighty, no less than two eighty every single year. This is one of the best players in the game, and now we're gonna finally get to see him in a full five-game series, not in some wild card game, but in a full five-game series, and see what he can do in the big spotlight. You talked about Christian Yelich and the way he's playing. We get to see Lorenzo Cain back in the postseason, and we know what he's done. In uh, past years in the postseason, exactly. of course, we talked about Mookie Betts and uh, Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, um, Francisco Lindor for uh, for the Indians, um, Jose Martinez for the Indies. I mean, uh, there there's just so many stars, and that's why you know I get a little frustrated sometimes when I think about it because I'm like, there's no reason why baseball should be lagging in terms of. Did you see the new ad that they had? When you see the kind of stats the stars they have. Yeah, the one with like uh Ken Griffey. Yeah, where it's like, you know, like forget all the whole like the unwritten you know, rules. Yeah, unwritten rules stuff, yeah, let them play. Yeah. That was a great ad and like yeah. I hopefully maybe that could be like 
maybe a call and cry, not just for the playoffs, but for all the of game. the baseball season, yeah. just the game in general. That I agree, that ad was perfect. I it grabbed my attention. I was like, oh, snap. Hey, Griffey's a perfect guy. Because he was the guy that had all those questions. Stop yeah. with the black foot, the backwards hat. Stop with the strut after the home run. And Watching weird. your ball. You're right. All the same stuff that he dealt with. He was kind of the first person to really deal with it on a regular basis. He's a fan favorite. And, and he's an icon. And I think that him being the messenger to say that, forget all that and let the boys play. Now that's what we're doing. We're seeing some great performances. And I'm looking forward to continuing to follow this postseason. But you got the Red Sox over the Brewers. I got the Astros over the Brewers. Um, it should be a fun postseason to follow. Let's move on now and talk about uh, some football games this week. There are some big games uh, in the NFL, but even more importantly, big games in college football. So let's start off with what I think is the biggest NFL game of the week, Jaguars at Chiefs. Uh, the legend of Pat Mahomes grew last Monday night with that uh, comeback victory over the Broncos. The Broncos defense is serious, first of all. Uh, that needs to be said. That defense, that pass rush, um, they get after you, and they were the closest team that did closest team to containing Patrick Mahomes, and he still was able to pull a rabbit out of his hat and come away with that. Well, victory. I'm boy Ryan Fitzpatrick came back down to earth. I he told you it was gonna happen, man. I didn't say it wasn't yeah, gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, I just thought it would happen. take longer. But I didn't I, think it'd be two weeks. I told you I was like he's gonna come out, you know, play great the first three <laughs> games. People are gonna be like, all right, bench Jameis, and then they're gonna regret it. I I, that, I tell you what, the way he played the first two games, it's only he could lose his job after four games. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, after the first two games, you're like, yo, like even if he plays decent, he should still be able to keep this job. Yeah. But only Ryan Fitzpatrick could find a way to play so in unevenly against Pittsburgh and then play so ineptly against uh, whoever they got pounded by this week. Chicago. Chicago. Who should talk about serious defenses? Chicago's defense is you know, serious. Matt is a low key MVP candidate. Right yeah, now. I don't know if it's. I mean, it's only low key because of what Patrick Mahomes is doing. Basically, because I think Khalil Mack is a MVP candidate. Just Mahomes is putting. I saw, I never saw seen a uh, a poll from like NBC. It was like MVP candidates. Who's your MVP? It was three people: Mahomes, Goff, and Ezekiel Elliott. And I was like, Ezekiel Elliott. He is leading the league in rushing. Have you seen his rushing I, numbers? I, 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 I don't know. The Cowboys have been very uh, I know, I mean, off the radar. I get it. Like, for him, it's only numbers. Like, I, I agree. I don't, I don't know if I can put him I, I, I saw that. Cowboys I was like, no Khalil Mack? Right. I put Mack over him. But, I mean, he's leading the league in rushing, like, by far. I was. Uh, he's on pace to, like, break, like, somebody's record. Jim Brown's, like, yards per carry record. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 been ridiculous this year. Um but yeah, this just uh, this we got really sidetracked. But no, this Chiefs Jaguars game is a big game again. Of course, the legend Pat Mahomes grew last week, and we've already got some trash talk from the, the great Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I I feel like I adopted only one Florida State knoll that I uh, unequivocally support all the time. That's Deion Sanders. Jalen Ramsey might be my second one. Tell you what, he's getting very close really? to being the guy where it's like whatever he does. Jalen Ramsey is kind of annoying to me. He's really? Jalen Ramsey's annoying to you? I don't think he's good enough to be talking like that. You don't think Jalen Ramsey could back up this talk? Jalen Ramsey's nice. No no disrespect, but, I mean, Darrell Reeves is the only quarterback that should be talking like this. And Darrell Reeves didn't even talk like this. Darrell Reeves didn't talk He did call Randy Moss a slouch. Yeah, he did. <laughs> which was, which was savage. Did. But, like, I feel like Jalen Ramsey is talking, like, he's trying to be like Richard Sherman. But, like, I think even Richard Sherman was more calculated. This is just, like, I'm just going to call out everybody and just put my put a target on my head 
And it's fine. I mean, it's, it's certainly bold, but I just don't think he's good enough. To, we saw what happened against the Giants. I thought Odo Beckham didn't destroy him, but the Odo Beckham won that battle. Won that battle. Right. It's like you would think after that he'd be like, "I'm gonna stop talking." But Yo, trust me, as someone who watched Jalen Ramsey play against my Miami Hurricanes since he was a freshman, those three years, I know I knew that that was not gonna stop, regardless yeah. of what happened. That dude talks. He's always been a talker. Yeah. This is what he does. Um, the talking that we saw him do on the field that Jimbo was able to keep under wraps, he's now being allowed to do in the press conferences, in interviews all the time. So uh, if, if you don't know what happened with this week, this week or happened today actually with uh, with Jalen, they were asking him about his matchup with Tyreek Hill. Hill has become one of the more dynamic receivers in the NFL this year. He's uh, been a favorite target in terms of a deep threat for Pat Mahomes. And Ramsey dismissed Hill by referring to him as only a return specialist and that the fact that he's only matched, he's only made the pro bowl and all pro as a return specialist means that he really shouldn't be in the same conversation with someone like Jalen Ramsey in a wide receiver cornerback matchup, which is awesome. I mean, that's just the craziest like disrespect to like a great player. Cause like, I mean, yes, Tyreek made it as a, a pro bowl, Turn special, but he could have made it as a wide receiver. Like no one thinks that Hill isn't a great wide receiver, yeah. except Jalen Ramsey, and he made a point to make that out to uh, this today in their conversation. So that now is going to be a fun matchup to watch, um, especially because Hill's such an interesting kind of player. I'm wondering how often matchup? Yeah. will he even be on uh, Hill in terms of Ramsey? They like to move him Hill around, plays in the slot. He plays in the backfield, like. He doesn't seem to be the kind of guy I would think that's going to just line up in the X spot and you're going to see Ramsey against him all day. So that'll be a fun matchup to watch. Who do you got in this one between the Jags and Chiefs? This is that Arrowhead. Uh, I got the Chiefs. Uh, I think Mahomes has a big day. Um, I see Tyreek Hill has a big day, and I think the Chiefs win another one. I don't. I'm not sure about this Jaguar team. Leonard Fournette uh, is tanking one. I have I have two fantasy leagues. He's tanking my other one. Um, the one where the one I'm in with you, uh, the tank squad is actually doing much better. Yeah, I know you have to change the name. They're yeah. like three and one. Or something yeah, like that. we're we're actually rolling. But uh, Leonard Fournette, he's tanking the other tank squad, so I'm gonna have to cut him or something or trade him. I'm gonna say this is the week where the Mahomes Mahomes won't have the biggest game he had. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say Jaguars pull off an upset here. Uh, I'm not even sure if it's that big an upset. An upset because of the way the Chiefs are playing. But the Jaguars, I, I do. I, I told you guys before the year I wasn't as high on them. I don't think I had them winning the division. If I remember, I think I had the Texans, which that is not looking good right now. I did have them making the playoffs as a wild card. And the Jaguars' offense is still very up and down. They looked good against the Jets last week. They looked terrible the week before. Um, but I think a short week for Mahomes to prepare against this kind of defense I think that's going to mean something. He hasn't seen a secondary like this. He hasn't seen a pass rush like this. Well, Denver's pass rush is like, I would say that is like seeing Jacksonville. Denver's pass rush is crazy. Von Miller is unblockable. But but a pass rush with this secondary, he has not seen. So, And a team that doesn't have to blitz as much as Denver does. Denver blitzes more than any team in the NFL. Jacksonville will just bring four every time, and you still have no room to breathe. So I'm going to say... That that'll be enough for uh for Jaguars to win a, a more of a low scoring game, um, 
what what makes me pause is I just don't never know what Blake Bortles I'm going to see. He looked great against the Jets, and the Jets defense actually isn't that bad, and he looked really good uh, last week. And but you never know what you're going to get from him. I'm going to say he plays decent enough this week on the road, and the Jaguars get a tough win. What about the Vikings at the Eagles? Uh, these are two teams that kind of really need this game. Oh, it's huge. Uh, the Vikings have kind of been. You know, I think you could. I think I can call it a tailspin. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is this is a this is a tailspin with the Vikings. This is what I said they could not do if they were going to win the division. If you remember our NFL preview show, I said that the schedule in the early part of the season is tough. If they can find a way to get two wins out of these first five, I think that they would survive. Right now they're at one. Yeah, and a tie, and, and and they had a tie, and they're really staring down the barrel of another loss, possibly with the Eagles, who also kind of need a win. Yeah, they've now they're not on a tailspin, but they're struggling. Yeah, they're two and two. They the division really... is terrible, so like it's not like if they lose, they can't still win the division. But these are not two teams that are playing very well, and these are two teams that were in the NFC Championship game last year. Kendall, do your Vikings right the ship this week at the link? Um, what I'll say is, yes, the Vikings are in a tough spot. Uh, I'm already thinking about should they. Should they tank next year to get to a tag of Iloa? <laughs> you were going well, well. First of all, aren't, aren't isn't Kirk Cousins making all of the money for the next yeah decade basically? Where's Tua coming there's in? Only, this there's point? only teams that need quarterbacks. We'll find some some fool to to take him on like we took on Sam Bradford last year. But um, but at the same time, I think this team will turn it around. Everson Everson Griffin's been going through some stuff. I don't know what he's going through, but. We'll hopefully get him back at some point. But I think this team does have players. I thought they played well last week, just not good enough to beat a team that I think might be the best in the league in L.A. right now. Um, so I think last week was encouraging. I think L.A. is much better than Philly. So I think if we play the way we played last week, I think we'll beat Philly. Um, not defensively. Yeah. If you play the way you guys play defensively, you but will not I don't beat think, anyone. I don't think that they're – I don't think Philly's offense is as explosive – I, I agree with that. Be. So, Goff was just absolutely on fire. <laughs> he was dealing. You know, like, Thursday. Wentz, I don't know if Wentz is going to do that, coming off an injury. Maybe he will, but but I've always been a little higher on Goff to begin with. But regardless, um, no, I think Minnesota wins this one. Uh, I think it will be a tight game, but I think they need this and want this game more than I think Philly does. Especially, we also can't forget about the revenge factor of what happened last year. In the postseason, this is a kind of a tricky game. I I do kind of get your reasoning that I think the Vikings will come into this game more desperate. Um, I thought the Eagles toyed too much with the Titans last week, and they ended up losing. That's you know you toy with a team long enough, you kind of don't take the game as serious as you really should. And the Titans are a professional team; they're not a bad team. They can beat teams, and they end up losing. So. And I think that this whole Super Bowl hangover thing is a thing for this Eagles team right now. They're not that sharp when I watch them play. Uh, I know that happens changing quarterbacks, backup quarterback in before. But this is a team that was so hitting on all cylinders so much at the end of last season. This looks like just a shell of that team last year. I'm going to say they find a way to win because I'm going to hope that maybe they realize the gravity of the situation. That if they play that way against the Vikings, they will get blown out at home. And I don't think that they are going to allow that to happen. And uh, for the Vikings, I tell you what, I, I think that Vikings defense, they need to figure a lot of things out. The Vikings defense has been 
one of the best in the NFL for the last three years, and they don't look like it recently. They they look they will outclass against the Rams, and we can say they're the Rams, but I'm gonna give the I think that's honestly not giving enough respect to the, to the Vikings. I respect the Vikings defense as being elite and top notch. I don't expect them to get run out the gym like that, where they're begging their quarterback to keep keep them in the game the way they needed Kirk Cousins to keep them in that game. That shouldn't happen for this defense against any team, including the Rams. Um, they have not looked that way all year. They look terrible against the Bills, against a rookie. They look terrible against the Packers to me for most of that game. They have not played good defensive football. Now they're playing against a struggling offense. So this is kind of going to be where the rubber meets the road. Like if you, I'm honest, I'm like, if they can't stop the Eagles right now, then the Vikings are in serious trouble. So this is a you know, interesting game, but I'm going to say the Eagles win what will be kind of a low scoring, maybe sloppy game, maybe like a 20 to 23 kind of game. And, uh, and, is the live Vikings lose this one? It might be turn the lights out in the season. I mean, you're one three and one this early. It's not uh, doomsday. I wouldn't say turn the lights out. But I mean, we turn the lights out on the division. The division is tough. That's the tough. I mean, Chicago's played way better than I expected. Because then you also got to assume that they could play better than what they're playing right now to then win more games. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the schedule was tough. It's a That's very why tough I schedule. Wouldn't panic. But I mean, Zimmer is already kind of on the hot seat, so which I don't think is fair. That's not fair I'm at all. Vikings fan, I remember the days of Brad Childress and Mike Tice and <laughs> Mike Tice, Leslie Frazier. <laughs> Mike Zimmer is light years better than all those guys combined. So, <laughs> one bad year shouldn't be a, a referendum on Mike. Yes, that's, that's yeah. I think that that's unfair. Uh, I think that's Vikings, the Vikings and their fan base maybe getting a little ahead of themselves and feeling themselves a little bit in terms of yeah, the recent success. Because I'm like, really, you're gonna fire Mike Zimmer? I've been the most successful coach we've had in a decade. Right, seriously, since Denny Green. Yeah, really. All right, Brad Jones had one good year. That's pretty much been it for your coach. Yeah, <laughs> it for your coach. Lady Frazier had one. Yeah, Lady Frazier had one decent year where they won like nine games yeah, and barely yeah, won the division or whatever they did. Games, yeah. Uh, Wild card, I think. Yeah, yeah. Zimmer has been the best coach since Denny Green. So I don't think you should fire him after one bad season. That would be a little crazy to me. Okay, let's get some college football games in here, Kendall. So let's do LSU at Florida. Um, Florida's not good. Florida is not good, but they're ranked. They're four and one. And they're ranked twenty-two. Obviously, LSU is number five team in the country. What do you make of these? Are two teams I I still don't have a great feel for. I was actually talking about it with shout out to Lewis Dolly at New York One, um, our anchor. I was talking actually to him about LSU, and I don't really know what to make of them or Miami or a lot of these teams. And I, and this is like the pivotal matchup of like two teams. They're ranked. They have good records. I still don't know quite what to make of them yet. But they're going to play this week. So we'll, I guess, hopefully learn a little bit more. What do you make of this matchup? Who do you got at the Swamp? At the Swamp, LSU will lock up the Florida offense. Uh, Their defense is extremely, extremely stout. And we'll see it again this week. I've got LSU. Uh, EJ, did you see USA Today's uh, list of the coaches' salaries? I did not. It came out this week? Yeah. Uh, for reference, LSU, uh, Ed Orgeron was 37th on the list, making $3.5 million, which $3.5 million is, like, middle of the road <laughs> in college football. And he's coaching at LSU. He's coaching at LSU. And they say a lot of bread Dan Mullen, LSU from that Les Miles. Number eight, he's making $6 million a year. New contract, obviously. New, new $6 million for Dan Mullen. Wow, that, that seems excessive. That seems a lot. 
but he's number eight in the country. Who you got in this game? Uh, I'll keep doing this. Interesting you. fun fact. Um, I, I'm gonna go with LSU. I I don't believe in Florida's offense. Florida's Florida's always had some defensive players, even during those crazy years with Mackel, uh, whatever is what the hell, McIlwain and uh, and Muschamp. Every year, their defense, all those years, were the pretty guy good. They had before uh, Ron Zook. Well, Ron Zook, that was that was in, that was after that was before Meyer, Urban Meyer. Right? Yeah, Ron exactly. Zook. Oh, God, before the Meyer. Ron, the Ron Zook years. Ron Zook. Uh, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Ron Zook. Hopefully he's doing. What is he well. doing? Yeah, he's got to be doing I, some broadcasting somewhere. He was like a fun character. I liked him at Illinois he's a good as, coach. as a coach. He's a fun character coach. He took Illinois to the Rose Bowl one year. I remember that. Um, they got crushed by uh, I think USC or something like that. I think it was USC. But um, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with LSU. Uh, at Florida, I agree. I, I don't. Their offense, I still don't believe in. Um, they didn't really play good against Mississippi State, but their defense is really. Ron Zook's actually the Packers special teams coordinator. Good for Ron Zook, man. Good Fun for him. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with LSU. LSU's defense is is serious, and it seems like they've kind of figured out. It seems like they're starting to figure out a recipe for how to play decent enough offensive football to win. And look, when I'm wrong about things, I, I I'll admit it. I was 100% wrong about Ed Orgeron. You were, you were on the Ed Orgeron bandwagon. I told you, yeah. Give like, Coach O a shot. They, like, those kids like clown. him. Is, what, a, what an awful hire. I, I was waving that bandwagon after year one. I was like, good job, LSU. Just take the program. Look, and he's got them in the top five in year look, two. The kids respond to Ed, Coach O. They did at SC. They're doing it here. And I think Coach O... He's not no. He's not a technician, tactician at, by any stretch. I thought it was a sideshow. But I think he, I think he, I think he is becoming a good CEO of a program. I think he knows how to do that. I think right. he knows how to say, my coordinators are going to do everything, but yeah. I will organize them to do everything. So Make sure it's, my it's guy an organized process. Yeah. And like, and like, he's just a very fun guy, and the players really like him. I think it's a good for what LSU is doing right now. I think it's a good. They're a good situation. enough program where they can sustain themselves. Right. With, I don't know. I don't. I would be surprised if he was the long term ten year answer. I would. That would surprise me. But I didn't see the the need to run away. I thought that he was fine. And sure enough, right now it seems like he's doing fine. Yes. I'm happy for him. I, he seems like he see everybody says that he's a good guy. He seems like a good guy. So uh, he wanted this job badly. He wanted the uh, the the SC job badly. He thought he earned that one. So good to see Coach O doing well. I think they're gonna beat uh, Florida this week in a low scoring. Affair. Certainly better than Clay Helton. Uh, yeah, he's doing better than Clay Helton at the moment right now. Um, but USC turned they had a nice win. Uh, didn't they have a nice win recently? Their, their freshman quarter I played really well. Maybe UNLV. <laughs> now you're trying to now why you got why are you clowning SC now? I'm, I'm trying to give them some love. Right, Arizona. Yeah, didn't they? Yeah, didn't Arizona's what? Arizona is really bad. <laughs> yeah, you are right Kevin Sumlin's about to go one and done. Yeah, he is. He I, turned, boy, I tell you what, I'm really. Turned, I thought that was a, a match made in heaven. Yeah, I thought that was a great. I'm like him, Khalil Tate. They're gonna be a, a a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, boy, is that uh, <laughs> boy, is that turned around <laughs> in a very bad way, very quickly. Um, Red River rivalry, Kendall, Texas, Oklahoma, and Dallas. I gotta go to one of these games. Now that I went to one college football game, and it was really awesome. I went to Miami versus North Carolina last week. I'm now in like. Encouraged to say, hey, I go to other really big games, and I would yeah. love to go to the state fair in Texas to see this matchup. Um, OU is going to throttle Texas. Really? Kyler Murray, uh, in most years, would be a runaway Heisman candidate, but Tua Tungo Vailoa, I'm not going to turn this into a Tua conversation, but 
Elliott Hill ended up going down as the best college football quarterback I've ever seen. Tua? Tua attack on Tonga Wailoa. I think Kyler Murray's a Heisman Trophy right now. I would give I it can't to him over, over Tua. I can't put it over. Have you, yo, Tua is like a machine. Have you seen Kyler Murray yo, this Tua year, Tua is man? only playing one half. Like, his stats don't look crazy because they're shutting him down at but, halftime. No, but Alabama. Three touchdowns, okay. you're out. But here's the thing, though. <laughs> four, four drives, Alabama, four touchdowns, no more. Alabama is a juggernaut squad. Like, I'm not saying I'm not saying Tua is not nice. Jalen Hurts had the same squad no, last year. No, no, my thing, though, is that, like. Blake Sims had that squad two, three years bro, ago. But they, they, they're they not as good as him. I clearly understand that. But my thing is, like, I think if they had any great quarterback, they would look great. Kyler Murray, now I admit, now. Breaking Mayfield looked like Kyler Murray this year, but I, Kyler, his speed, his arm strength. I mean, I just feel like when I watch him, he's the most electrifying player Kyler by Murray far in ball. college football. I, I, he's my Heisman Trophy winner. I, nothing against Tua, but you got NFL five NFL linemen, three NFL receivers, two NFL running backs. They haven't played I'm, against like, the, they I'm just not going to be that team. impressed. Yeah, and you haven't played anybody. So let me see them play against LSU, and then maybe I'll I'll, I'll consider it. I'm getting, getting to that point where I'm like, this guy look. He looks like Russell Wilson, but better. I think Tua is a franchise NFL quarterback. I do. I mean, you are on the same page with that. I just feel like with the competition that they've played, and I don't think A and M is trash. That was a good team that they beat the hell out of. A <laughs> and M would be Clemson, right? Exactly. So I don't think that that's a trash team, but I feel like the the level Alabama's roster is so stacked right now that. There are only a few teams that Oklahoma I'm... Oklahoma is like, only a few. Oklahoma is whack. I'm not saying they're whack. I'm, no, I know Oklahoma's stacked too, but I, I think Alabama's so above everyone else. There's only a few teams that I'm really going to pay attention to, like, With how you play. yeah. Like, like, to me, okay, when they play against LSU, like, like defensively, LSU won't move the ball at all. But offensively, okay, yeah, I want to see what Tua does against, like, a stacked He's going to shred those guys. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. I'm not saying that it won't happen. This guy's I'm saying, an NFL quarterback. I'm just saying, I'm just saying Kyler Murray is playing with... A very good college football team, one of the better teams in the country. But team that, starting running back, but team, Yeah, and a team that we had questions about. And we have zero questions about them now because of how well he's playing. Yeah. So um, so you're saying that they're going to just route Texas. Yeah, they're going to route them. Yeah. Um, this game is always weird. Anything can happen in this game. Yeah. It's, it's impossible to <laughs> predict. I think Texas has covered like four of the last five, and Texas has been terrible every yeah. five and five of those years. Honestly, and that's not saying much because the spreads were probably very very large. That's probably oh, OU by three touchdowns. Right. It was close. They beat them by fourteen. Um, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say Oklahoma. I'm gonna say Oklahoma wins like a, a ten spread 10 point game. Is OU by six? By the way, so they're not covering that spread. They're not covering that. No, I, I don't think it'll be a blowout. Blowout. But I think it'll, I think that they'll win comfortably. Like I, I think between ten and fourteen. I, Kyle Murray is just a, he's a video game right now. Like it's just, like it, I I just I don't see how Texas's defense is gonna find the answer around. Uh, nothing I've seen from them this year suggests that they could play defense football like that. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say OU wins a high scoring affair. Texas has some they have some guys that can they can they can light it up. I just don't know if they're gonna be able to hang with. A team as as well oiled machine like OU the way they move the ball offensively and Lincoln Riley man he's one of the best coaches in college football I'm uh, I'm already there with him I don't know about you with Lincoln Riley but to me he's he's one of the top coaches in college football I don't know where he I rank him oh th- but there, he's, there's a there's a a, a feeling he, he's out like there. 
maybe top five in NFL circles that Lincoln Riley will be the next college to NFL guy. Like he may, yeah, he probably. Well, I, always, I always say every year, who's the Brad Stevens that's going to come from college football and just dominate the NFL? And maybe he's that guy. Uh, it started when teams were doing scouting on Baker Mayfield and they saw this offense is incredible. And now they're going to do the same with Kyler Murray when he's a draft prospect. And it's going to be, it's, uh, is it, it, are these guys a product of Lincoln Riley's system? By the way, Tom Herman, ninth on the list, right behind Dan Mullen at 5.5 million. Lincoln Riley, 16th at 4.8 million. Mm. The players get none of that, by the way. I was about to say, how much is, uh, Kyler Murray getting out of that. Well, Kyler Murray's getting a, a fat check. It's from not from playing Oklahoma. It's not playing Oklahoma. It's nothing to do with his highs and trophy season he's having. That's because he could throw I a good still, fastball. That's still such a that's a loophole that I just can't get behind. That you can get a check from a I don't get it either. For his team, it's the yeah, same. You're getting I don't, I don't a get check based on your athletic ability. Just Marge was like playing minor league baseball, and then yeah, then playing wide receiver. And I was like, I how was, is that possible? If I were a teammate of Kyler Murray's, like that's my boy, but I also be looking sideways, like. How are you getting this check? You're like, you probably living in some mansion <laughs> in Norman. <laughs> I'm living in the dorm. Can't get nothing. That's actually. I wonder if he does live in the dorm. He I probably would, does. I would not. I mean, he probably lives in an apartment, but like, it's probably not on campus. It's probably some luxury condo. I mean, condo I'm room. saying he should be living. I would not be living in no regular. I'm, I'm gonna get five of my roommates and we're gonna squeeze <laughs> together in like a condo or something. I'm getting the. Whatever the whatever the luxury condos are in Norman, that's what I'm living in. I'm not yeah. living in any of them dudes. He's got the money. He's got the, the protection. That's crazy. I didn't even, that's funny. I never thought about what his living situation is. I think that that's I would be curious. Cause if he's like he is slumming it with his teammates, I think that's I, I think that's what the story is. Like, from like a from a leader perspective. He does, but he's the quarterback though. Exactly. No, but I think that almost gives him more leeway to be like, nah, I'm I'm peace. I'm the franchise, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't he did have to win his job too, to be fair. So it wasn't like he came like I mean I quote Judge Mars win his job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we all knew he was gonna win it, but it wasn't like he was a backup last year. It, it wasn't like it was like, oh like it was like he was Baker Mayfield. He had to earn it, yeah. Where Baker was like a three year starter and then last year it was like, Well, there's no question who the starting quarterback is. Right. So um but yeah, I wouldn't know like to know who a guy who signed like a, a multi million dollar signing bonus. What is yeah. he? I'm. I don't think he's doing a little yachty eating oodles and noodles. He's <laughs> 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 doing the way Joe Budden said. I think that he's probably eating pretty well. I would think living uh pretty handsomely. Last game of the week, Kendall uh, under the lights in Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia. The Irish head over to play uh, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's been one of the more odd teams in college football this year. Yes. They lost the Old Dominion, and yet somehow they're ranked. These college football rankings to me, I don't know why, but this year they seem very strange. They just, I think there I are teams think, that are ranked. That I'm just like, I don't why? think this is a good year, man. I think there are a lot of bad teams. Uh, yeah, they're, I think there are a lot. I think around. the top. No, I agree. No, I'm not even gonna say the top half. No, I just think I agree. I think it is kind of like a down. Like I do agree. Like, I mean, I think Alabama is incredible. Right. Like, I think they're historic. But I think like Clemson has shown a lot of weakness. Weakness. Yeah. Um, that whole Kelly Bryant situation. Why we even talk we about even, that? We didn't have time to talk yeah, about that. Maybe I'm thinking I might just scrap the whole college basketball thing because mm-hmm. it's not over. <laughs> the trial isn't over. <laughs> so I'll probably save that till next week when we have more juicy information. But um, in the Virginia Tech thing, though, I've got Notre Dame in this game because Notre Dame is at a position where they benched Wimbush and they they're yeah. going to Ian Book now, quarterback, and they seem to be even better. 
you know, similar, we talked about the Kelly Bryant thing earlier in the week here, and I was telling you it was weird that Bryant got benched or last week, that even though he didn't do anything wrong, he played well. Um, it was kind of the same thing in Wimbush. Nordian was undefeated, and they were like, we're going yeah. to Ian Book, and he lit up Stanford. So yeah. he's the guy, and, I mean, this team seems to be rolling. Uh, Nordian's in an odd position where I think if they get they go undefeated, they'll make the playoff, but their schedule... Yeah. Their schedule is weird in that all the best teams they've played, like, they don't have many good teams on their schedule, if you look at it. Well, they've played their toughest games. They've played their toughest games, and even their toughest games aren't great. Stanford's a good one. Stanford and Michigan? Michigan, the jury's still out. They're not as good as I thought they'd be before the year. The jury's out on every team that's not Alabama. Of course, that's true. No, I'm not even. Di- I'm not even like trying to. Yeah, like, I'm just saying from, like, like, a like the way players. I've seen. I'm talking about the way I've seen these teams play. Right. right like Clemson right. is number three, and yeah, I don't know if they're good. Do we think that they're a playoff team automatically? Yeah, they almost lost to Syracuse. Right. Should have lost to Syracuse. Um, they almost lost to Texas A&M. Alabama routed Texas A&M. Yeah. So like that's the th- and Oklahoma. Who they almost lose to Baylor. Yeah. Um. So like, when I look at, you have Michigan who. Might be an eight-win team, might be a ten-win team. I don't know, but you have Michigan, you have Stanford, but the rest of those teams are bad. I mean, USC not nearly as good. Florida State not nearly as good. Uh, That's the Army. Army was the game they almost lost. Army, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bale, they blew they routed, Yeah, they routed Bale, um, which is even worse. They almost lost Army, but um, obviously Pitt is a is a, is a disgrace. There are a lot of teams that should have been better than they actually are. So, yeah, they. Had, I mean, they had games on the schedule that they thought were going to be marquee. They had the toughest schedule coming into the season. Yeah, and now it's like it looks like a lot of cake it's like buttercup. <laughs> yeah, but, but, so Notre right in a weird spot. Well, they they certainly can't lose. Even if they probably, I think they'll they'll make it if they're going to defeat it because of the program prestige. But if they lose a the game, they're done. So they got to win this game. And I think they'll come in and do it. Uh, I don't know what to make of Virginia Tech. I I I I don't know what to make of them. Um, they looked great in every game except for that game against Old Dominion on the road, where as again shout out to Louis Dolly, <laughs> he said Virginia Tech played like they weren't playing against other grown men. <laughs> they played like it was just like they were playing some like rec league guys. <laughs> like they didn't take them very seriously, and it was very clear in what happened. Um, Blacksburg night games are weird. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Hokies. Uh, they got. I tell you why. The one thing I do know has to happen. ABC needs to show their entrance in full without any commentary. They need to show the uh, welcome. Do they do welcome to the jungle? With the no, no. They do entrance Sandman and the and the and the and the American yes, flag. Yes, Virginia Tech. Yeah. They they need to show that is one of the greatest entrances in college football. Yeah, and doesn't get enough respect because it's Virginia Tech and no one wants to put them on national TV, but. Notre Dame had a very similar game last year in a very similar situation against a team that was very excited about where their season could go in the conference, and Notre Dame showed no heart against Miami last year. So I am fascinated to see in what to me is a very similar situation what they do against, again, under the lights against a very excited crowd. And I'm going to say the Hokies have something for Notre Dame. Um... Ian Books played really good in his in his uh, in his early starts, but 
I, I think these tough games are going to catch up to Notre Dame early on. This is the last tough game, I think. I would agree. And uh, you play this kind of schedule this early, I think you're going to get picked off at some point. I think this is the one. So I'm going to say a Hokies uh, win this one. But for reference, EJ, Virginia Tech, where is Justin Fuente? $4 million, 24 in the country. Interestingly enough, take a guess where Brian Kelly is. Uh, is he three, two? At, just give me a number. Oh, his millions? Yeah, yeah. You can ranking and uh well ranking, I'm gonna say he's like three or I'm gonna say he's two. And I'm gonna say he's making like seven million. He's uh fifty nine. Brian Kelly? He's making two point one million dollars. Well that's because they just It's shocking they, to me. Th- I, I think exactly. I think it was because like he's had like his tenure at Notre Dame Notre Dame's weird. Where like he's been he's, on the hot seat. Like they're never like he they're never good enough long enough to where he extension. could he could really demand his extension. Like if he leaves, they're kinda of like, All right, dude, leave. <laughs> Like, we don't really care. We're Notre Dame. We can find like, a better coach. Yeah, like, and they, o- they almost fired him, like, three times. Even though he's, like, pretty Honestly, tenured. I think that's and, like, why they haven't fired him. He's pretty tenured, and, he, and like, he's low-key kind of the most success, one of the most successful coaches. They haven't fired him yet. One, because they know the other side of Charlie Weiss. Right. And Ty Williams. Right. And Bob Davey. I can go on for years. But... They also because he's making nothing. He's dirt cheap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's dirt cheap. You got a coach in your name making $2 I mean, million. Dollars. Look at the coaches. I mean, Rutgers, Missouri, Syracuse, Boston College, Duke, Carolina, Memphis, Mississippi State, Colorado, Vandy, North Carolina State, Pitt, Georgia Tech, all these programs, be, their coaches being paid higher than. Yeah, I think we, we solved the mystery of why Brian Kelly is still so, well, so, so long tenured at Notre Dame. That's the answer. They got him at dirt cheap, and he's not in a position to ask for a raise. Take a guess how much Willie Taggart is making, or where he ranks among college football coaches. I'm gonna say it's probably sadly it's probably lower than Brian Kelly. I'm gonna say Willie Taggart is twelve. Oh, okay. making five million. I'm happy for Willie Taggart. Good for him, man. <laughs> I feel bad he's for the stealing, Florida State he's, fans. He's stealing that money. He's stealing a check. <laughs> but hey, man, but, we ain't got to me. We ain't got to me, brothers. In that he's position. on the fly crew ranking of coaches <laughs> right now. Clearly. Is he even on this black room ranking? The way yeah, the Florida State's playing? Yeah, he, he, can't he can't be in the, the top five. The rankings are a little tougher now than, than they were five yeah, years ago. Yeah, there was no college football coaches. And now the black coaches that we have. Right now, Herm Edwards might be number one in the black room ranking. I right think now. Herm is number one. <laughs> you know, I think I think uh, the guy uh, from, from Syracuse is number two. Oh, yeah, Dino Babers. Yeah, Babers. I think they they played against uh, Syracuse. Vanderbilt has a. Uh, That's Derek crazy. Mason. Willie Tiger and, and, uh, and what's the name? Uh, and, and Sumlin. I don't think there's any way they're on the slide coom rankings of black. They're, they're, embar- they're embarrassing the culture. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh, God. They ain't making the slide coom <laughs> rankings. They're embarrassing the culture. Uh, let's wrap the show, Ken. Uh, oh, you... oh, sorry. Go ahead. The last guy. Uh, I, this is Kendall's court, by the way. Just oh, this, this is Kendall's court. Yeah. Okay. You know, like I said, I'll table the college basketball discussion until we get all the facts. Because the trial is going on all week. But, um, Lovey Smith. Where do you think he, at Illinois? I forgot he was, <laughs> I forgot <laughs> Lovey Smith Illinois. was a person. Yo, it was hilarious. Let alone he was coaching. Yo, I gotta show you a picture football. of Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, I was watching, because they were playing Penn State a couple weeks ago. They played well for like three quarters. Yeah, they almost got to win. wrecked in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I like woke up, and I, or I like looked up, and they were like, you type in Lovey Smith, the first thing that comes up is Lovey Smith's beard. By the way, because I was gonna show you a picture of what Lovey Smith looks like. Oh, okay, I gotta see. I gotta see this. Too. I was watching him coach, and I was like, "That's Lovey Smith." Wow, yo, he looks like yo. He literally looks like Black Santa Claus. <laughs> Wait, whoa, that was bugging me out. But I'm sorry. I, I, uh, look, I, I love Lovey Smith. That's no your guy, man. Intended. You were a Bears guy. Yeah, I was I, when he was coaching the Bears. I love those teams. 
You ain't getting no recruits looking like that. You're not, man. You're getting there. I'm sorry. I, no support. If you come to my living room looking like that, I'm not playing for your squad. I just, I don't know. I don't know what to descri- how to describe it. I just don't believe it's that. Not swag. I don't believe in you. I don't believe that you can win me a championship and get me to the NFL looking, looking like that. Who told him that that's a good look? That's a good question. Who told him that? Where do you think he? Ranks? If it, if it's his wife, you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But if it's not. He's making a grave mistake with that. That to me almost—it's not as bad, but it's almost like homie with the uh, the guy who used to coach Charlotte. Yeah, I was thinking about Alan Major. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Major's when he he someone needed to tell Alan, look, man, you're Cut handsome, it off. Yeah, handsome brother, but you gotta let the hair go, man. Sometimes just sometimes he did know. eventually when he got to a house. State finally, he did, he did finally let it go. But to me, like to me, when you look like that, like you just—I don't know how any high school seventeen-year-old kid takes you seriously. Lovey Smith actually, his beard actually has a Twitter account. Also, Lovey Smith. I mean, beard. it's it's awesome. I just don't think that, like, you're—it's almost like in wrestling where, like, if a guy has a certain look, they're just—they're never gonna be WWE champion. Right. Exactly. Like, is like to me, like, no coach, no Lovey Smith's never winning that championship looking like that. Yeah, Lovey Smith and his beard, EJ. Make five million dollars a year, and are thirteenth in the country in salary. Why? Where is what, Illinois? How? How is that experiment going? Awful. I mean, it's Illinois is it football. going? I mean, well, how long is, he, is this? I thought this is like was it the second year? Second, third. I don't know. The second, I, third I thought year. it was the second year. I because I know last year was bad, but we it's, yeah yeah I get more than one year. Lovey Smith. Let's see his his record at Illinois. I mean, they almost beat Penn State, so right. I mean, not, it looked like they looks like maybe for three. They're quarters. not like a, they're not like a clown show. Yeah, three quarters look like they were turning it around. Yeah, this is third year. They were three and nine, two and ten, and now they're two and two. This might be the, the end for him. Maybe that's why he's growing out the beard. Maybe yeah, he realize. Yeah, I know I'm done. Yeah, I don't care about the way I look. This is just. But how? Where is Illinois got five million dollars to spend on football on a football coach? I know that's what I was thinking about too. I mean, they were a basketball school. Put that money on and getting Bill Self or somebody. Bring Bill Self back. Yeah, I know, right? What? Like, I, that just seems like bad money. I feel like that's not money well spent either. It's not. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the coaches. Because not, Lovey Smith is not a bad coach. But he's not Lovey gonna, Smith for college football, at for Illinois, a place that like can't get any recruits, I don't think that's doing anything for anyone. That was, that was simply a, a Boosters alumni... City type of dream, like oh, dream yeah, hire. This is great marketing, right? But but coach of the Bears from, is now coach of Illinois, right? But like that from like a college football. Like it's what I was saying last sense. week about if Mike Tomlin ever coached that pit, like I'd be like, oh, it's dope. But like I think that could work because like Mike Tomlin, one I think is a better coach. Tomlin has more cachet, more cachet. Lovey Smith does, and I think Pitt's a better job. Like you can probably win at Pitt compared to Illinois right, like basketball school. So that makes no sense, but. I think that was the biggest shocker of. I'm wondering how the people have, that have won at Illinois have won at Illinois. Like for the very limited time, the one year Ron Zook was good. Like yeah. how did they do that? I mean, Ron it seems Zook, like he like, had some players. Yeah, I mean, remember yeah. they had Juice Williams at quarterback. He was nice. That yeah, really has been. They had a really uh, yeah, really has been at wide receiver. They had some players. So, I, and look, Chicago. It's a decent football city. It's a decent football. Chicago, St. Louis got some players. 
I mean, Laquan Treadwell was from Chicago. Oh, I know Jeff Thomas from, from the Kings was one of the best receivers in the country. Exactly. He's from East, East Missouri has had plenty of talented guys. Jeremy Macklin. You know, Dorian Green Beckham. Yeah. Or Doriel Green Beckham was a Missouri guy, but, like, that's around the same region. A couple guys in that St. Louis, Illinois area that have gone to Missouri. It's not impossible to win at Illinois, but you got to keep everyone local if you want a shot. It kind of does speak to, like, how good a job Pinkle has done at Missouri. Because yeah. Missouri is, like, pretty, a pretty yeah. solid program. There are a lot of, yeah, there are, there are a lot of weird, a lot of weird names on this, on this list. But I, it's just, I see the figures and I just talk, I just think about how, like, jacked up the system is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, like, you, you it, got coaches that scrub schools. They, if they just dollars. took, like, a million dollars off of, like, Dan Mullen's salary and gave it to the kids, like, the kids would get something decent in confrontation. That would be good, but it'd be much Kirby better than Smart's what they're getting. Kirby Smart's making $6.6 million. Now, Kirby Smart's a great football coach, but he's only been there two years. Yeah. That was probably, I don't know if he's gotten any extension. That was probably his base salary that he got from Alabama. Yeah, I know. That's crazy that you can be the defense coordinator in Alabama and then get a $6.6 million coaching gig. This is America. <laughs> what can I, what can I say, man? Don't yeah. catch you slipping up. Yeah, yeah, don't catch you slipping. Uh, this was a fun show. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more sports talk. Um, be sure to catch out all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network, SoundCloud, and iTunes, and Stitcher. Follow us on YouTube, New Generation Media. Um, definitely follow our stuff, whether it be podcasts or YouTube. If you're into the Comic Con. Coverage will be happening. That will be happening this weekend. We'll have plenty of stuff. You'll also catch up, uh, catch our updates from Comic Con on our Instagram at New Generation Podcast. Follow our other social media accounts at New Generation Pod on Twitter and New Generation Media on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart uh, and on Instagram at Action EJ. We'll do that. Does it for now? We'll be back next week with more sports talk. And though I'm EJ. Peace.